start saying no to the things that don't really move the needle and start thinking this, not how to get your next level, but who can help you achieve it. Hey, 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 what's up, everyone? Welcome to the Rock Your Brand Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Boker, a serial entrepreneur on a mission to help you. This show is designed to teach you, to inspire you, to motivate you, to take massive action and build a future-proof business. So whether you're just starting out or taking your existing business to the next level, this is your home. Now, if you're ready, I'm ready. Let's rock your brand. Yo, what's up, guys? Welcome back to the podcast. This is episode number 846, and today I am fired up to share with you my next guest, and this has just been awesome because the next guest that I'm going to share with you, him and I are a lot alike as far as similar ages, uh, similar music that we listen to, and also our background as far as being in the blue-collar world straight out of high school. And the guy that I'm talking about is Dean Graciosi. Now, for those of you that don't know, uh, he's written a lot of books. Actually, a couple of them I have right here. Millionaire, Millionaire Success Habits, which is really good. And then, then uh, Underdog Advantage, which is his most recent book to date. And that one there, there was a story that he shared about a failure. Well, actually, it was a success almost. And then it was taken away from him. And he actually describes that story and really gives a lot of detail because when I was reading the book, I was like, this is a great story that you can't make up. You just can't make up this type of story. And he's going to share exactly how it came about, but then also how he got through it and how it's important that actually his philosophy is a lot of times you get faced with these things to pretty much see if you can handle them before you get to the next level. That's his theory, and that's what he believes, and I believe it too, because I do think that we can't just be handed the lottery ticket and we all of a sudden become a millionaire. We got to work our way towards that, and that's why whenever you listen to these guests that I have on here in these episodes, is really about their struggle along the way, but also the struggles that they have right now. And you might just think that everyone, once they make it, they make it and everything is perfect. And you'll hear Dean talk really openly about his you know, struggles that he has even today. And him and I agree on that as well because I have them uh, at the same time that he does. And we have a lot in common as far as we do everything for family. Uh, he never misses a, uh, a softball game with his daughter. I never miss a volleyball game or a practice. And so we have a lot in common, but he also has been really, really successful as far as business goes. And there's a lot of struggles and challenges that come with that. Every level that you go and that you get to requires, you know, really saying no to more and yes to less. And it's hard as entrepreneurs because we see opportunity. And he's going to coach me actually through this, which it, it didn't start that way. It wasn't supposed to be like that, but I really look at this as like a therapy session in a sense. It, it actually turned into one kind of at the end there, but he was saying it to me, but also saying it from his own experience. Being you know, an entrepreneur is tempting to always want to be working, always want to be striving for that next thing. 
and some of the words of wisdom that he shared with me from being there and also being buddies with Tony Robbins. I mean, hey, let's uh, let's listen to what Dean has to say about, you know, him and Tony, you know, kind of sharing thoughts back and forth. So I wanted to listen to him and I did very closely. And I want you to listen to this interview and really think about the things that he's describing that you can do no matter where you are in your journey. All right. So again, sit back, relax, enjoy this interview that I did with my new friend, Dean Graciosi. Enjoy. Hey, Dean, welcome to the podcast, man. Thank you so much for taking time to do this. Dude, I am excited to chat with you, man. How you doing? Well I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. Good to be here with you. And, and congrats for all you're doing for the world and giving back and get lighting this podcast up and bringing the enthusiasm. You know, the world needs it right now more than ever. Yeah, no, man. And you're, you're, uh, you're not a tall guy, but you got a lot of spark, man. You got like, I, th <laughs> I, I think uh, you, you and Tony have to be like really, really different. Yeah, it's height. pretty funny. It's pretty funny <laughs> when we're on stage together. I try to stand far away from them just so you can't see the next to each other comparison, you know? Oh, it's so funny. But yeah, you got a lot of energy you pack in that small frame, man. And uh, I just want to, again, just say thank you for all that you've done. And also, you really related to me because I and you and I were talking a little bit before we hit record here, but just we come from a very similar background. Like I was from the construction world. We're similar ages. You came from the, you know, the, the uh, blue collar world, if you will, yeah. and all of that stuff. So what I really want to do, though, is I want because people look at you right now and like, oh my gosh, Dean, like you're a hundred thousand miles away from where I ever can be. And it seems like you got a lucky break. It seems like you just, you know, you kind of fell into this thing. And what I really want to do is I really want to highlight for people, you know, kind of the path on how you got there. But also I want to talk about the failures because a lot of people don't hear about the failures. They don't, and, and I call them failures. I think they're learning experiences and I think you would agree. But I think people don't, especially at your level or, you know, just people that look at other people as successful, they don't talk about those certain things. I want to start with the Tommy Lee story, if we can. <laughs> sure. And can, can you share that story? I mean, in the book, if people want to grab the book, it's the underdog advantage. Um, it's a great book, great read. That story resonated with me. And I think it illustrates where we're going with this conversation. So can you just talk about the Tommy Lee story way back in the day? Yeah, sure can. And, and listen, I, I'm so glad you framed that question because so many podcasts, they start off, could you tell me your story? I, I don't want to tell my story just to tell my story, right? It's like, right. get to the meat. How, does you, how do you impact me, Dean? Like, Scott, why'd you bring this guy on? What can he do for my life? Yep. Listen, you have a million podcasts you could be listening to. You're here with us right now. I want to give you the capabilities I can deliver the, the knowledge that can make a difference in your life. You're listening because you want more. If not, you'd be binging out on your next Netflix uh, uh, you know, uh, series. Right. So the only thing I want to share about my story, and then I'll tell you the, the Tommy Lee, because uh, <laughs> it's hysterical. And I told you before, the funny thing about that story is it's all true, right? I know. Um, I know. Is I just want to let you know that I know what it's like to want more. I know what it's like to see other people getting ahead and have complete envy. Like, mm. I'm, I'm going to lie and say I wasn't envious or jealous. I was like, how am I going to do that? I didn't go to college. I lived in a damn trailer park. I didn't have money. I worked on cars every day. I had grease under my nails. My dad was, I love my dad, but he's a little crazy. We all have our own past, right? So nobody in my family made money. Nobody in my family went to college. So it's like the whole world was like, that's not for you. It's designed for other people. My guidance counselor told me to go work at the local factory for minimum wage because I wasn't going to college. And I just know what all, and I'm not saying you have to have that same life. I just sure. want to let you know, I'm going to share this today because I know what it's like to want more, desire more, have envy you weren't achieving it. 
but I also know what it's like to break through that mm. and that they don't make statues of critics and that my family and my friends were all wrong. And I got a little success and then I failed miserably and lost it all. And I questioned myself and I felt like an imposter. And I'm like, oh man, you're not smart enough. That's for people who went to Princeton or went to Harvard. And that was wrong thinking too. I had to adjust my thoughts. I had to, mm. I had to get rid of the naysayers. I had to focus on my mindset. I had to work on solutions. All the stuff that seems like the little stuff was actually the big stuff. Mm. And I got some momentum and I started a, I had a collision shop and then an auto sales and then a construction company. And then I built houses and then a tow truck company and then merged into the information age. And, and uh, you know, I'd love to say the rest is history. I failed miserably <laughs> in between there. So, but with that setup, knowing that wherever you are, I've been there. I don't care if you're crushing it and you want to go to another level, been there. Mm. Back against the wall, especially with all the stuff that's going on in the world right now, been there. Lived, literally lived in a bathroom with my dad and we had nothing, right? Mm. But I also know what it's like to get my first sale. I know what it's like to get to 100 grand a year, 100 grand a month, 100 grand a week, 100 grand a day. I know what it's like to run a company that does 100 grand before lunch. Like, mm. I've been through all those phases and, and I hope that helps kind of set the precedent and set the tone. So now let's just... Be, be truthful and transparent, pull back the curtain on that story. So yeah. this is the, the 90s. And at this time, I have, so you can just picture this, I have a collision shop named Dean Collision Center and an auto sale. So picture on a kind of rural main road, just a two lane road, I have this body shop uh, on the sign. It says Dean Collision Center. There's about 14 cars for sale out front with flags on them with the handwritten like for sale, $2,200 or whatever. I'm doing estimates. I have two tow trucks in the middle of the night. If somebody gets an accident, I'm going to get tow trucks. At five o'clock, I go home, I take a shower, I eat, and I go work on my houses. So I had about 30 apartments and I was building houses. All this going on in my 20s, hustling like crazy, made more money than I ever thought possible, which back then was probably a couple hundred grand a year. And I started from nothing. So that was huge. I built the house of my dreams, right? But I always had bigger aspirations. I knew there was more. Maybe if you're listening, you know whatever you're doing right now, there's another level. You climbed a few mountains, but there's a bigger peak you want to attack. So I started, and I hope this story doesn't get too long, but I just had to set the frame. No, no, so now good. I wanted to build, the web was new. So was continuity. So was taking a credit card online. I know that seems average now, but this is, this is early 90s. This is like revolutionary. And I start something that would be like, like funny memes or crazy memes in today's world. I started a website where I got footage from news organizations that was either too graphic or too funny from TV. I worked with someone else. We created a, a site and we launched it. And it, it was out there and people were paying $19 a month to get all this hidden news footage, right? As crazy as it sounds, we were just trying something, one of the first subscription models. All of a sudden, Tommy Lee from Motley Crue, who was married to Pamela Anderson at the time, sends me an email because I am running this from my collision shop, just so you know. And uh, he said, dude, love this site, man. Uh, and I reached back out. I'm like, holy crap, this is Tommy Lee. I reached back out. I'm like, glad you love it, bro. I'm like, we should start a paid subscription. I just threw it out there. I said, we should start a paid subscription site, like behind the scenes with Tom, Tommy Lee and Pamela Anderson. They, if you remember back in the day, Scott, they were a train wreck. Oh, like yeah. they were the happiest couple and the most yep. violent couple. I'm yep. like, imagine if, and this was before reality TV, right? I'm like, imagine yep. if you could see what goes on that's not, you know, for mainstream. Mm. So he writes back, he's like, brother, this is amazing. Let's do it. Talk to my attorney, uh, David Rudick. And now you got to understand something. 
I am this little guy in a town with grease under my nails, driving a tow truck, working out of a collision shop. I find out that their attorney, uh, David Rudick, is the attorney, was the attorney for the Beatles, for Michael Jackson, for oh every gosh. star you could imagine. Wow. I freaked out. He, what's that? No, I just said, wow, that's crazy. Yeah, so yeah. I get on the phone with him. Scott, he's the sweetest guy in the world. I'm shaking, literally on the phone, I'm shaking. And he's like, hey, Tommy loves what you're doing, loved your idea, why don't you jump on a plane, come on out, let's talk about making a deal. So I'm, I'll, I'll get this, I'll get, I won't drag this story out, but you gotta realize something. I couldn't have been a happier human being on earth. Like I was getting out, like I felt like I was getting out of this little town. I was hustling, I was doing well, but I was dirty every day. I was still painting cars, getting headaches at night. I was putting roofs on in the middle of winter, freezing. I'm like, man, I'm going to Hollywood, baby. So I fly to Hollywood. I rent a car. I'm driving. I've never been to Hollywood. I'm driving down Sunset Boulevard. I'm like, this is amazing. I go to David Rudick's office. Um, I walk in, it's all the pictures him with every celebrity you could imagine. I'm completely cotton mouth out of my freaking league, like completely out of my league used. Like, I didn't even know where I would stay. And like, I just crazy. I get in his office. I can barely talk because my tongue is sticking to the roof of my mouth. And he's like, you know what? Don't be nervous, man. Tommy paid for something you created. I don't care where you came from. He asked me a little bit about me, just the sweetest guy. Like just saw me for the, the hustler I was, right? Mm -hmm. And he said, uh, tell me about it. I said, listen, this is pay-per-view model. People put their credit card in once. We bill them every month. Imagine Tommy, them two getting ready for the Academy Awards, but we don't see them pretty. We see them while they're getting ready, having a cocktail and they're talking crap. He's like, oh, that, that's brilliant, dude. That's brilliant. So he goes on. He's like, we're going to do this. So now I'm like, I'm cotton mouth and like shitting myself all at the same time, right? <laughs> Excuse my language, but that's just the way it was. I feel completely out of my league, but I know I can do this, Scott. Like I can, because we built this already, right? Mm. So he dials up Pamela Anderson and Tommy Lee, puts them on speaker, meet Dean. He's like, hey guys. Tommy's like, yo brother, what's up, man? Let's go to dinner tonight. Let's get some drinks and celebrate. I'm like, holy crap. I'm going to dinner with Tommy <laughs> Lee. Like, listen, you're my age, dude. Was, was Motley Crue the crap oh, yeah. or what? Like girls, they were the girls, thing. Girls, yeah, exactly. Right? <laughs> I'm going to dinner with Tommy Lee and oh, Pamela Anderson. And Pamela Anderson back then with Baywatch. I mean, she was like, oh, the, yeah. she was the Marilyn Monroe of the That's time. It. Yeah, yeah. So we're going to dinner at seven. I, I go That's home, nuts. dude, I'm on cloud nine. Like, think about that, everybody. Like, I am on cloud nine. I'm in my room getting ready, brushing my teeth. I'm singing freaking Motley Crue songs. I'm like, <laughs> this is it. I got this. And I'm about a half hour from leaving, Scott. And, uh, and I get a phone call from David. He's like, hey, man, before you go to dinner with Pamela and Tommy, could you swing back to the office? I want you to meet Tommy and Pamela's manager. I'm their attorney. I make the decisions, but so does their manager. I'm like, all right, cool. I'm excited. I'm driving back down. I had a convertible, which is so cheesy, but I'm like driving down sunset, hair blowing. I'm like, I bet y'all get a house up in the mountains here. I'm like fantasizing about what, what place I'm going to go for a happy hour. Like just completely in fantasy land, man. Felt the absolute best. And I walk in this room, completely different, not cotton mouth, kind of a con little confident now. And this manager sitting there, I go to shake his hand. He wouldn't shake my hand. He's like, hey, listen, I got to ask you. And I hope you don't mind my language. He said to no, me, how the, fuck did, how the fuck did you get in this office? And, yeah. and I'm like, I was like, I felt his tone. And I'm like, I was thinking driving wise, like where did I park? I'm like, um, and he goes, listen, where'd you come from? A little town in Marlboro. You think you're going to come to Hollywood and present some 
idea. Why don't you, th- why do you think I wouldn't steal it and do it bigger and better? We're in Hollywood. We have access to the greatest people. And like, mm. I'm, I'm completely caught off guard and I'm cotton mouth now. I'm like nervous. I'm shaking. And I'm like, no, no, no. But I'm working with people out of New York City. We have the first pay-per-view model. He's like, first pay-per-view. I, I could figure that out. I, listen, what, what, what is your business? What do you do? And I started telling him, he goes, oh, do you make a million? This is what he said to me. Do you make a million dollars a year? And I was like, oh my God, this guy was completely ridiculing me. Wow. And I'm like, and then David's like, hey, 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 go easy on this kid. He came up with something good. He goes, yeah, thanks for the idea. What the hell do I need you for? And David goes, okay, listen, let him and Tommy and Pamela meet tonight and they'll figure it out. He goes, meet tonight? You think I'm letting this kid go to dinner with them? I already canceled it. We'll call you later. And I went, it was just two extremes, guys. I went from the highest I've ever felt I went back to my hotel room. I literally sat on the floor looking down Sunset Boulevard. I remember it was a round hotel on the end of Sunset. And I cried, like legit cried and said, all those limiting beliefs, like you loser, why'd you even come out? I mean, I was beating Mm. myself up. Like, why did you think you could talk to them? I I didn't have a great vast vocabulary. I didn't, I wasn't sharp, Scott. Somebody Mm. say that to me now, I would have lit him up because I have, I've navigated (laughs) new territory. But right, I didn't right. have the experience then, right? I just took it. And I'm like, you were mm. weak. You just sat there pathetic. You didn't stand up for yourself. You can't do this. You deserve to work on cars. Like all those limiting mm. beliefs. You know, I jumped on a plane, flew back home, my tail between my legs. I look back now, it was one of the greatest experiences of my life. It, it sucked at the moment. And I, I don't have a good story. I, I'm not going to mm. tell you that, you know, they called me back and I got the deal. I didn't. About mm. seven months later, Pamela was on Jay Leno. They launched it on their own without me and it bombed. They missed the whole point of what I was trying to do. They didn't make it like a reality show. They just made it like a pay-per-view to see her in a bikini. Like that's not what I was talking about. And Mm. they bombed on it. But I couldn't even look at Pamela for five years. Like it bugged me just to look at, like see either one of them. You know, so anyway, I hope I didn't go in too much detail, but I just want everybody to know those failures happen and they happen big. and, And that's just, I was just paying my success tax, Scott. Like yeah, now well, that I look at it, I had to go through all that to get here. Right. You know, I, I look at those as like our take action moments, right? Like you, you did something and then you found something from that, but then you didn't actually get the success from it. You actually got the, the failure from it in a sense, but also that ton of learning from it. And it also probably made you recheck yourself. The part of the story though, that you didn't add at the end when you came home oh, and <laughs> you were literally shoveling crap, right? Yes. <laughs> so listen, guys, you can't make this up. And, and the, the thing about this, my dad was just at my house last night and we were talking about that. So I land in, J, uh, in Newark, New Jersey, which is about right. an hour and 40 minutes from my home. I get okay. in my car. I drive the hour and 40 minutes. And as I'm doing my pager, this is how long ago it was. I wasn't calling pager. myself. My pager's blowing up. And I, I owned a four-story apartment house. And as I'm getting closer to Marble, feeling really bad about myself, feeling pathetic, the pager, I finally call. And it's somebody in the bottom apartment. The sewer system clogged up. And then all the sewage from the top four stories came out of the bathroom on the first story. So the, the crap was literally like exploding out of the toilet. Like there was six inches of sewage in this guy's bathroom and it was starting to seep out into the rest of the place. I called every plumber I could. No one would come. I didn't get home till 10 o'clock at night. I went and put on fishing waders, rubber gloves. I remember putting rubber gloves on and I duct taped around the rubber gloves. I went there with a spackle bucket and a oh shovel and a God. broom. And I picked up 
crap until like two in the morning and scrubbed it till like six in the morning. And then I had to get fans. And I was just like, in that moment, I was like, maybe this is my life. I'm supposed to be being the guy that shovels crap. But I look back and mm -hmm. if you think about this, Scott, I know this might seem like a, a weird thing for those of you listening. What if that was designed for me? What if there was a mm -hmm. success auditor, God, whatever you be your mm -hmm. beliefs are, that was like, if Dean can get through that failure and then go home and shovel crap and still get up in the next week, month, two months and still move forward towards his dreams, I'm giving that guy his next level. Like, I just got goosebumps saying that. What if that yeah. was designed for me? And what if the struggles that you've experienced, the failures you've experienced, the people have let you down, the money that didn't come through, the partner that was a jerk, your spouse that didn't support you, what if that was part of a bigger design? What if it was all there for you to see if you have the grit, the power, the, the action, the take action? I know mm -hmm. that's part of who you are, Scott. Mm -hmm. What if it was there to say, can they still take action? Can they learn from what they've experienced? And if they move forward, the fifth time, eighth time, twelfth time, finally you'll reach your next level. And when I look at it now, I, don't, I still don't like going through failures. But when I do, I know another level of my life is waiting if I can get through it. Mm. And, you know, like, so at, at your level, like, there's all, I see that myself. And it's just like every level, and I know Tony has said this as well. It's like, if you're not growing, you're dying. And I believe yeah. that wholeheartedly. And it's just hard because you're like, man, once I get there, I am going to feel so good and I'm just going to be able to relax and everything's going to be perfect. And then the next challenge or the next climb begins, yeah. right? Or you got to take a step back because, you know, like, I'll just give you, for example, like last year, we did a lot uh, for me personally, like, you know, yeah. wrote my own book, put on my own event, like did all this stuff. I literally was stressed out of my mind and it, I got shingles twice because of the stress mm -hmm. that I was under. And I, I had to recheck myself. I'm like, what am I doing this for? Like, I'm here to serve. If I can't be here, I'm not going to be able to serve. So then all of a sudden it's like, okay, you're doing too much. Now you got to pull it back. Yeah. Do you ever get to that point where you're like, oh, like, okay, I need to recheck myself. Is there, I mean, even at your level right now, because you would say, well, Dean's got it all set up, man. Everything's cranking away. Yeah. You know, beautiful yeah, but, family. Everything's happening. Great. Right. Yeah, really, really good question, Scott. Uh, yeah. All the time, man, because yeah. I do feel if we're not climbing, we're sliding. Yep. There, that's definitely the way I feel. And mm. also, you know, remember this, it's not about problems go away. Mm. It's getting better at dealing with bigger problems. Like if you yeah. want bigger results, mm -hmm. you have to solve bigger problems. You don't want to solve $100 problems or $10,000 problems. If you want to make more, you got to solve million dollar problems. And sometimes mm -hmm. solving million pro dollar problems starts to get you to have that feeling of shingles and stress and worry. Yeah. And, and Scott, I'm going to tell you on a personal note, I'm going I'm yeah. to ask you to write this down for you as you grow because mm -hmm. you've experienced it. You went to that next level and then you say, I got to check myself. There's a transition. And that transition, I want everybody to write this down. If you take nothing from this podcast except this. Mm -hmm. is no get you out of Egypt or yes, get you out of Egypt. No, will take you to the promised land. Mm -hmm. And what that means, combine that with Scott, you had to say a lot of yeses to overcome your fears, to take action, yep. to be where you're at, to write the book, to do the event, to get a great podcast, top hundred podcasts, making mm -hmm. a moment, you know, creating momentum. You had to say yes to everything, but there's this threshold and let's just, I, I don't have no, any idea. I'm not talking, this isn't about you, but let's just say mm -hmm. you get to a million dollars a year in gross sales by saying yes. Mm -hmm. To get to 10 million, you have to say lots of no's. And it mm -hmm. seems counterintuitive because you're the guy that says yes to overtime, yes to working more, yes to staying up late, yes to getting up really early so you can work out and then get your work done. Mm -hmm. And what do I mean by no 
is you have to stay, start saying no to the things that don't really move the needle and start thinking this, not how to get your next level, but who can help you achieve it. Replace how with who. And if you think about that, if you can work in your unique ability, Scott, and get an ROI on someone helping you write the book, helping you with the podcast, helping you as a personal assistant to go get your laundry cooked for you, clean for you, do all the things so you can take all the time you can in doing the things that move the needle, that's how you move to the next level without getting shingles next time, is think mm -hmm. of who, not how. You want to grow your Instagram account. Don't try to figure out how to do it. Go hire an 18-year-old kid who obsesses mm -hmm. on Instagram right? Mm -hmm. You want to start, stop managing all the people that you're interviewing. Go hire a kid or someone that's learning on how they could manage your podcast, pick out new people, set up mm -hmm. the intro, the outro, get the bios done for you. Like everywhere you could save, not hours, but minutes, Scott, mm -hmm. obsess mm -hmm. on those minutes. They add up to hours, they add up to days, they add up to months. Work on the things that move the needle and let other people do the rest. That's, that's the transition. And that transition mm -hmm. even gets harder from 10 million to 50. And from right. 50 to 100, it's like you got to just say no to everything. Like mm. I say no to 90% of everything except for the things I know I love. Like being mm. here right now, I can't get someone else to do this. I wanted to be here with you, Scott. I wanted to share. But I've, I say no to a lot of other things. Mm. No, that's, it's huge. And, you know, you, you hear that a lot, but you also hear because we're, we're like uh, inundated with uh, hustle and, and uh, you know, you, you got to do everything. And, you know, I'm not that, I mean, my family to me is, is the most important thing. So to Same me, here. I will, I will say no. Like I coached my son, my son's 22. Now I coached my son and never missed the ball game because that was important to me. Wouldn't have happened if I didn't get out of the construction field and started to kind of have our own yeah. business. But like, there's no money in the world that's going to, going to get that back for me. So that's always been the most important to me. I love but, that. But truly, as you grow, Dean, and you know this, it's like, it's tempting, right? It's like, oh, there's that next, there's that next mountain. I okay, so I want to get, this is for you, Scott, because I, I love your energy, man. And I know I talked most of this day, but I really do. I could, this is the first time we're meeting, but I love yeah. your energy. I love how you care. Yeah. I love your authenticity. Appreciate that. I want to tell you something. I have my kids half the time, uh, my older kids. I have a uh, eight week old uh, in the house, but I have an 11 and 13. And I get them exactly half the time. Mm -hmm. I've never missed a baseball practice, not miss a baseball mm -hmm. game. I go to every practice. My daughter's in softball. I've never not been there. When she practices, I'm the guy that still catches for her, except she's 13 now and I'm scared. She so <laughs> throws so hard. I don't know if I can catch for her much longer. That's good for her. <laughs> I don't miss a game. Yep. When my kids are done with school at three o'clock, no one else picks up my kids on my day except me. So mm. three to four days a week, I'm standing out there. When they get out at three o'clock, I'm there. Mm. What I want to share with you is, you're, you've pushed to that next level and then all of a sudden it took away from the most important thing. My family is my most important thing in the, mm -hmm. in the world. There's nothing else mm -hmm. that matters. So I've obsessed, Scott, like I analyze every single thing I do and mm -hmm. I decide, can someone else do this while I work on something that would give me an ROI? So if I know if I write the next New York Times bestselling book, while I'm writing a book, if I'm paying somebody to whatever, do everything possible, clean the house, get the laundry, take out the garbage, fix light bulbs, mow my lawn, pick up my dry cleaning. Plus at the office, they're, they're doing this. They're do like if I can do all that, but I know if I'm gonna write a book and sell half a million copies, I can get somebody to do that. If I can get my podcast to have 25% more viewers by obsessing, I'm gonna pay somebody to do all these other things. So I just wanna tell you, you can write down and acknowledge the things that are a must. You're never not gonna be there for your kids, for your family. Mm. Then, every, then there's other things you got to say no to. And I promise you, you can yep. fit it all in, not just for you, but for everybody mm. listening.
Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's exactly true. And you know, you are right. Like I do structure my day. So like you, like you said, I have a 12 year old. So she, well, when we weren't quarantined, she did go to school. Now we're, yeah. you know, we're homeschooling and all of that stuff. Uh, and she's into volleyball and the same thing. I sit at every volleyball practice, watch every single one. And a lot of parents don't, they just drop them and go. And I'm like, no, I'm watching every minute of this, you know? Yeah. And it's a, and it's a blast. And my wife and I enjoy it so much. And we, we spend time together doing that, but I structure everything around them, but it's still on your mind. Like, how do you turn it off? Like, how do you turn off the driver? Like you're, you got all these ideas as entrepreneurs. We always have these ideas and how do you, I wish there was a formula to turn that, turn that off. So you <laughs> yeah. are a hundred percent present. Cause that is not easy. You know what I, I mean? Like even no, on there, I fight with that all the time, man. I, and I knew I liked you. I could tell your heart. I, yeah. I feel the same way. And, yeah. and I'm not knocking anybody who drops your kids off and goes, that's just not where I was. That's, that's how yeah. it was as when I was a kid and I just decided yeah. to do the complete opposite. So yep. I give you credit for that. Cause here's the thing. I don't think we're ever going to look back. We're never going to look back at the end of our lives and go, ah, I wish I would have missed that softball or that yeah. volleyball game. Right? right. No, you're not gonna. No. So you might no. as well acknowledge that now, but listen, turning it off isn't easy. And I still have to be pre like, okay, stop right now. You're with your son. Don't look at your phone. Don't think about that other yep. message. But you know what? That's a blessing too, because your kids see that you're a hustler, Scott. They see that mm. you're engaged. You're doing the thing. You're not working for someone else and being miserable about it and coming home at seven o'clock at night. Listen, if you worked for someone else, you'd come home if, if you knew there was more. You come home, you could come home grumpy and miserable because you just yep. spent a day work building someone else's dream. So they'd still get a negative byproduct. At least they can look at their dad and go, my dad built his own thing. My dad's a hustler. My dad's mm. created his own future and they're going to strive for that same life. So I think you're doing just fine, man. Yeah. No, man, I appreciate it. Uh, let's, let's move into real quick. I know we got a, we're running a little short on time. We got about yeah. maybe five or 10 minutes, but um, people that are in that phase right now where they're like, I'm just not sure the thing that I'm building is where I want to be in five years from now, but I want to get out of the, I want to get out of my job or right now they've been dealt with a, a set of cards that they have to find something new. They've been yeah. laid off or, you know, whatever. And I know you and Tony have been going really hard on this. Like, what would you give someone advice? I know mindset is huge. We've talked about a lot about that, but like right now for someone to be able to tap into, you know, our environment and, and really our situation what is something that you feel people are not taking advantage of that they could be taking advantage of? Okay. So a uh, really great question. You know that, you know, this is so passionate for, for Tony, both Tony and I. Sure. Um, but here's the thing right now, especially I believe this as when a pendulum swings so far, like it did with this quarantine, it never mm. goes all the way back. I don't know about you, but I have new habits. I'm doing five Zoom calls a day and I'm probably yep. going to do a lot more of them even when the world opens up. I traveled mm -hmm. too much and I'm, I'm going to travel way less. Like mm. the world has shifted. So the digital economy is booming. My business didn't take a hiccup and neither did most of my friends in the digital world, especially mm -hmm. the information business, right? What is mm -hmm. the information business? Scott's in the information business. I'm mm -hmm. in the information business. Tony Robbins, but so are millions of others who just have knowledge, capabilities, skills, life experiences that the rest of the world wants. So mm. let me just share that. Listen, I encourage each and every one of you to be an investigative reporter. See where the trends are going, right? See where the world has shifted to. Be in front of trends, right? You don't want to be in Blockbuster. You want to be in Netflix. You don't want to invest in taxi cabs. You want to invest in Uber, right? right That's right. just a silly analogy, but just see where the world is shifting and get in front of that. One of them is the knowledge industry. The world is saying, and they're voting with their credit card, that I don't want to go back to college for three to five years and learn capabilities that are outdated. You know, the biggest trending uh, 
phrase right now going around is that by the time the ink dries on your diploma, what you learned is already outdated, right? <laughs> so, you know, Napoleon Hill said it great in 1937, you start real learning when traditional education is over, right? Mm. That, so I'm not saying it's just a best college because I didn't go, but the world mm. is saying I'm not going back to college and I don't want to learn through my own trial and error. And mm. so who is the world looking for? They're looking for you. They're looking for people in the real world who have experiences in every niche that exists on the planet, whether it's mm. cutting hair, fly fishing, better at sales, e-commerce, mindset, relationships, mm. health. They're looking for specific niches. And, you know, it's not exactly, it's, it's not just a thing anymore. It's becoming the new norm, right? Forbes just said that the knowledge industry is going to be a billion dollar a day industry by wow. 2025. It's already almost a half a billion a day, right? Wow. So people are home saying, I finally want to fix the relationship. I finally want to get good mm -hmm. at art. I finally want to be better at sales or communication. They're not going, they're not looking at their local colleges, and they're not trying to figure it out on their own. They're searching for people that are willing to extract what they know and share. And, and the last thing I'll say about this, when people say, I don't think I have a skill that's worth anything. So mm -hmm. I want you to answer this to yourself right now. As I ask you this question, answer. If you could go back, if you're listening right now, watching this on a video, if you could go back and spend a half a day with your 20-year-old self, you had five mm -hmm. days to prepare to share anything you wanted, and then you could go back and spend a half a day with your 20-year-old self, how much would that be worth? Mm. I've been, I've been asking this for about two years now and there's only two yeah, answers. Good. People either think millions are priceless. I guarantee mm. you thought one of those millions are priceless. Everybody listening, but there's people all over the world that we can communicate now and find the exact person through social media that's starting off where you started off. They can mm. learn through trial and error. They can learn through school, but they're standing on the edge going, where do I go? And if you have a year, five years, 10 years in a craft as an accountant and marketing and sales and anything you could possibly imagine, they would rather pay you to go faster than to oh, figure yeah. it out on their own. That's the knowledge industry. I'm not trying to oversimplify it, but mm. this, is a, this is a wave. This is an industry. This is, this is Netflix before it took off. This is Blockbuster, you know, uh, I mean, uh, you know, um, Uber before it really got momentum. Mm. And I truly believe the people that recognize it and start entering the knowledge industry now will be so far ahead. No, that's, that's, and it's exactly what I, I believe as well. And I just think people don't, don't feel as though they're capable or that they're smart enough. And, and I mean, Hey, I was one of those people. Yeah, same here, brother. Too, same you know, here. So, and we kind of proved the system wrong. So, um, I, I just want to be that voice. And I know that you coming on will help people also because you're a, a strong voice in that as well. So Anyway, Dane, I know you got to run. Uh, I appreciate you taking the time and sharing that Tommy Lee story. Uh, I think that's amazing and it totally resonated with me. And I just, I went back in time for a little bit and I was remembering and I started thinking of those Motley Crue tunes too. So it was fun. But how can people get uh, more of Dean and, uh, and really just your energy too? Because I think being around you is, uh, is just really awesome to, to just kind of take your day to the next level. So how can people get more of Dean? Well, Scott, I appreciate it. First of all, I hope I didn't go too long on that Motley Crue story, but just Not look at, at it through your look at it through your own eyes, guys. Failure is a part of this journey. I'm not saying enjoy it, but take from it and know that you're, every time you get over a failure and you keep going, 
you paid your success tax and you're one step closer towards you 2.0. Here's what I'd say. My podcast is doing really great right now. We're finally putting effort into it. It's blown right up. I think it's in the top hundred of business podcasts. It's all the Dean Graziosi show. Um, I'm on Instagram pretty much every day. I do a story every day and it's, I don't share what food I eat. I always share something impactful each day. I think it's resonating. We just blew past a million followers on IG. And, uh, and if you want to see more or learn more about the knowledge industry, Tony and I have a training at deanstraining.com. It's Tony Robbins and I for a couple hours and I think it will absolutely blow your mind. Awesome. Dean, thank you so much for taking the time. I appreciate you, brother. It's been nice to hang out with you for a little bit and uh, keep crushing it. Keep inspiring, man. And uh, again, thank you so much. Same here, man. And listen, uh, I really enjoyed this, Scott. So let's circle back around in three or four months and do another one. Let's do it. All right. See you guys. All right, brother. We'll see you. All right, guys. I wasn't kidding, right? That was amazing. Gave me a lot of things to think about but also makes me see that someone at his level, right? You would think everything is perfect and he does have a good life and he's, you know, really created his own, you know, his own environment and his own path. But he also describes as I did, you know, it's just not always easy to turn it off. And it's something that we're always working on. That's why he's so big on mindset and I am as well. So Guys, you might want to go back and listen to this one again and really take some notes and think about exactly what he said. I definitely recommend the book, The Underdog Advantage. It's his newest book, but it's really just real and raw. And that's really what I like about it. And he said, he goes, you know, I want to write a book that is just that. I want to share some of these stories. I want to share how I was shoveling crap in someone's apartment that I came home to and I had to do it all on my own. And I asked myself, is this really what I should be doing right now? Is this what I'm meant to be doing? And uh, that there taught him a lesson, that whole experience that he shared with the Tommy Lee thing. So anyway, I want to thank Dean once again, and I'm going to probably get him back on the show. As he said, he wants to come back on. So we're going to get him back on the show again. We'll do a follow-up. And uh, again, if you guys are not considering listening to what he had talked about as far as mindset, you really, really need to understand that, you know, success in order to get there, we need to go through these struggles, but we need to learn from each and every one. All right, guys, this is episode 846. If you want the show notes, the transcripts, all the goodies, all the things we talked about, head on over to brandcreators.com forward slash 846, and you can get all the details over there. All right, guys, that's going to wrap it up. As always, remember, I'm here for you. I believe in you, and I am rooting for you. But you have to, you have to, come on, say it with me, say it loud, say it proud, take action. Have an awesome, amazing day, and I'll see you right back here on the next episode. Now go get them.